0: Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God, and that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Good morning today. I'm happy to introduce you to my new friend, Lane Lane Amen. She is a radio... uh, host. I don't know if you're a radio talk show host, but you're a radio host, and she is a woman who asks questions, which I love that whole thing. You know that if you know me, but she asks them uh, with a certain intent in mind. So Lane, if you could first tell us a little bit about your family and your ministry, and then answer that question if I can remember what it is. (laughs) Go for it.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so my husband and I have celebrated 25 years of marriage this year. Thank you. We live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I have three children. My oldest son is going to be 23 in just a few weeks. And, uh, he's just finishing up college. My middle child, my daughter, Kinsey is a junior at Pepperdine University in Malibu. And she plays, um, goalie on the women's soccer team there. And then my youngest, is Callie another daughter who is a sophomore at um, Xavier College Prep here in the Phoenix area and we have two crazy dogs and we um, just love the Arizona life we've been here for about six years now transplants mm-hmm. from kind of go from one coast to the other um, but uh, just just love in Arizona and so excited to to see what the Lord has in store for us here
0: so tell, tell us a little bit about your um, work background that led you to do what you're doing now.
1: Oh, my goodness. The only God could lead me to where I am based <laughs> on my work background. So I have a master's degree. I have an undergrad degree in public policy from Stanford and a master's degree in public administration from Syracuse. And I worked in government for several years. I worked oh. for the governor of Massachusetts. I worked for a local city government in California and discovered I did not like working with politicians. <laughs> so, How about that? <laughs> so I um moved into marketing and public relations, high tech marketing and public relations. I was in the Bay Area at the time and met my husband and he said, Why are you not a writer? Because you're always writing. Wow. And I had always written my whole life uh-huh. but um had received messages from people in my life that that, that was not a great career path that wasn't very stable all the messages um of that that kind of dissuaded me and then met my husband and he said you're, you're a writer why are you wow. not writing so wow. he really spoke that into and over my life and with his encouragement i started um started a freelance journalism career And so over the ensuing decade or so, I wrote for a number of publications, everybody from uh, Runner's World to Family Life to um, the Boston Globe and the San Jose Mercury and all these different publications. And I loved it because I'm very curious by nature. You can understand that with the the question thing. Mm -hmm. And whatever I had a question about, I could find an an editor who also wanted to answer that question and then go out and research it and create an article based Mm. on that. So,
0: I want to go back to something that you said, because I think this could hit a chord with many of us. When we are told in some way, either in a harsh way or an underlining meaning, that we really shouldn't be doing what we think we should be doing. And sometimes that could be leading from the Lord. It can be. And yet in your case, it certainly wasn't though. I'm sure your background helped you be a writer. Um, So we don't want to just, you know, just dish all that. But um, what do you say to people who feel like, Oh, well, I'm, one thing you really hear a lot from women is I'm not creative. What do you oh, yeah. <laughs> say? What, do you, what can you say to encourage the, that?
1: Absolutely. Woman? Well, I think there's a different, we have a, we have a limited view of what it means to be creative and we're told we're made in God's image. He is the great creator. So therefore we are also creative and mm-hmm. what, what is creative for you may not be the same that's creative for somebody else. So it doesn't mean we're artistic. It doesn't mean we can draw a picture that looks exactly like um, whatever it's supposed to. I am not particularly artistic, but I am very creative. Mm. And to me, that shows up in many different different ways. You can be creative in the way you cook dinner for your family. You can be creative as a problem solver in the workplace. Mm. You can be creative finding, being the person who, um, throws the best parties or always knows the unique, um, out of the box gift to give someone. Mm -hmm. Um, you can be creative in me with me. A lot of times it comes out in metaphors and similes, the examples I use to explain things to people. I'm always looking for examples that will show people what I mean because, Mm -hmm. you know, Jesus taught in parables. And I also love doing similes and analogies and things like that, relating more, um, complex topics to things that people can can readily understand. So there's mm. a million ways to be creative. Mm. You can be a creative gardener. You can be creative in the way you dress. You can be creative in the way you parent. Um, you can be creative because you can come up with ways to make dinner on $5 a night. I mean, yes. there Yes. It, it's not one size fits all when it comes mm. to creativity. So read, everybody is creative.
0: I read something recently and Tim Keller wrote that we were created to orbit around the sun And then I added, uh, and we all orbit differently.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, And so that's kind of what you're saying. And and I like what you just said earlier. Your first or second or third example was you could be creative in being a problem solver. My husband's a physician and he's a diagnostician by nature. So he figures things out, why they're wrong. But he probably wouldn't say he's a creative person because he's quiet and an introvert. Uh-huh. But boy, does he figure out things that are wrong in our house that need to be fixed. <laughs> or if I have a hangnail, he'll just say, you know, take an aspirin. But um, <laughs> but we can uh, label ourselves. And I think you were labeled early on to go back to your story, yeah. that you weren't a writer. You became a writer. You're a successful writer. But now you're also yeah. a speaker and you're speaking truth into our lives. By asking a beautiful question, why did you say beautiful question? That was something that was curious to me. That's the name of your podcast, by the yeah. way. A yeah. more beautiful question. Uh-huh. Why did you use the word? Why didn't you say the more a more intriguing question or a more <laughs> a, a better question so you can find the right answer? I mean, that's where my husband would probably say that because that's so practical. Why did you <laughs> why did you call that? Call it that.
1: So we um, we're always asking questions. We're always asking questions of ourselves, of each other, so true. Um, and of God. And the, the way we ask those questions, the way we frame those questions determines the answer. Hmm. And there's things you've probably heard of uh, leading questions or questions like that, that get you in a pickle. Like I, the one I heard um, was, you know, so have you stopped beating your wife? Oh, my so gosh. I no. I mean, this is an example from court. Yeah. Um, not in court case for me, but, you know, when, yeah. the, from the thing that I did where if you say yes, then you're implying that you used to beat your wife. <laughs> if you right. say no, it means you're still beating your wife. <laughs> so we can set up questions that give have no, no good answer. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to do with my show is take these questions we're all asking, not like the wife question. That was just one that came out of, um, as an example. But the questions about what am I here for? Um, why are things so hard? Why, you know, why am I struggling right now? And help people reframe those in a better way. And better is, is, is a good word, but beautiful gives a sense of, to me, the divine in it. Can you give
0: me an example of a question that was okay, but now you made it beautiful?
1: Sure. Well, so so um, so in my show each week, I take one of those questions. Okay. And instead of saying, why is life so hard right now? We can shift that in, it can, because here's what happens. We train our brains. We tell our brains where to go. So if you say, why is life so hard right now? We'll come up with a million reasons why life is hard. Right. Coronavirus, the the divisiveness in our country, um, depending on our political spin because of this party or that party, because my husband won't won't you know show affection to me, because my kids don't listen to me. We come up with all these reasons why life is hard. Right now, where does that get us? Negative. Us. <laughs> so what I want to do is show people shift that question and instead say, what am I learning right now?
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Oftentimes, life is hard. Or a situation is hard because we're called, being called into something new. Mm. We're being asked to do something we haven't done before or to, mm-hmm. to act in a way we haven't acted before or to show up in a way um, that's causing us to grow. Mm-hmm. And growth requires discomfort. And that's challenging and that can seem hard. Mm. So when we turn that question and start thinking about where, where, where am I growing? What am I learning? Then it becomes a positive thing versus negative. And suddenly hmm. it's expansive. It's, it's a beautiful question because it gives us energy and joy and, and it brings us closer to God versus putting us in this box of, well, you know, my car ran out of gas today and oh, and my car's old and I've got 150,000 miles on it. And that's why my life is hard because, you know, because I never got a chance and, and like all this stuff that doesn't get us anywhere. That does nothing for us. But if we look at where we're growing, we can see how we're changing and we're turning into something new, and new creation every day.
0: Well, you're definitely a half full person, oh, at least absolutely. based on, and do your children ever get tired of you asking them those kind of learning growth questions?
1: <laughs> they do. They do. <laughs> like, you tell them, you know, don't bring me a problem, bring me a solution. Oh, wow. You've got to tell me what you, you know, if, you, if there's a problem like, um, mom, I've got this, this thing due tomorrow and I don't have uh, the supplies for it. That's a problem. You need to bring me a solution and say, okay, can you take me to the store or can I ask so-and-so to give me a ride to the store or do you have any construction paper or whatever it is, but bring me a solution mm. because that's what people in the world, because I'm training my children to be productive members of society. That's what employees get paid for. That's, that's what right. entrepreneurs get paid for, solving problems, not pointing mm-hmm. out, not pointing them out. Mm. So.
0: Uh, tell me a little bit about your faith background, your faith journey that got you to the point where you are sold out in sharing Jesus with other people.
1: <laughs> so I grew up in a family that was not religious. Oh. Um, my dad was raised Catholic, but he wasn't a practice cal- practicing Catholic when we were born. And my mom was kind of raised without religion. Um, I would say they were like the Christian light, meaning we went to church on Easter and, and and Christmas, and if a neighbor or a friend invited me to Sunday school, my, my parents would say, fine, go. Mm-hmm. So there was not a lot of structured uh, religious education or any talk about having a personal relationship with Jesus at all. That was not, not something that came up in our house at all. Um, but I always knew there was something missing. I always mm. could feel that in my heart, and I knew that the missing thing was God. Mm-hmm. I knew it. And I remember being very small and trying to read the Bible and thinking it was a book because I was a big reader, thinking it was a book we started at Genesis and you just read on through and it was like this continuous story. And in a way, of course it is, but not in the way I was thinking of it with a beginning and middle and an end. Um, and so I get like, you know, partway through Genesis and it was a King's G- King James version. So there were a lot of these and those. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't even get this. Like, let's <laughs> set this down. But I knew that there was a place in my heart that God belonged. Hmm. So, um, and so I I was a seeker. I was a seeker. And then in grad school, I lived across the street from a church, a United Methodist church, and the church bells literally would wake me up on Sunday morning. Oh boy. Literally waking (laughs) me up. So I started (laughs) going to the pastor planned that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And he was somebody who never claimed to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. He would say these are, and it it, it resonated with me because he'd say, these are the challenges we're facing as humans. And based on my study and my understanding, this is what I understand. And let's have a dialogue about this. And let's, let's, uh, let's see what makes sense and and what we can figure out together. And Mm -hmm. that was really when I started realizing that faith was alive. That it wasn't something that was handed to you in a little box and you open it up and you put it in your pocket. That instead it's something you live into and you work out your salvation Mm -hmm. and you you really wrestle with questions Mm -hmm. and um and that there aren't always pat answers for things. Mm -hmm. So so that really was the beginning for me. And um met my husband and he had been raised in church, and um just it was we were kind of in the same place at the same time, wanting to build our relationship on, on Christ and raise our family that way. So mm-hmm. that's just been a process of blossoming since then.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what do your parents think of what you're doing?
1: Uh, my mom's passed away. Oh, so, sorry. um, so she had, she passed away about seven to eight years ago. So she hasn't seen this iteration of, of what I'm working on. My dad just thinks it's amazing. Like he, he just, he's one of those, like, just, you know, I could, I could say I'm starting a, a Pilates gym and he'd be, Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> my dad was the same way. One time we were standing in line at the um chicken dinner house at Knott's Berry farm. Uh-huh. And, I, and I was single, like I was single a long time. And uh, I saw him talking to someone in line. He was way behind me. And I turned around and he goes, isn't she beautiful to this complete stranger?
1: <laughs> like, oh
0: my "Dad, It's so embarrassing, but you know what? I've never forgotten it.
1: Oh, yeah. That's that's the way your
0: dad is with you too. That is a huge huge blessing and a great legacy. Speaking of legacy, what legacy do you want to pass down to those who know and love you?
1: Mm, I want to pass down that, that idea that we get to choose, um, how we, how we, you know, there's a lot of things in the world we can't control, but we get to, we get to choose our attitude and how we show up each day Mm -hmm. and how we treat other people, um, and how we move through life that's a choice for us. Just like Viktor Frankl and man's search for meaning where everything can be taken from you, but you still have the, the freedom to choose your um, thoughts and your attitude. And that is so, so important.
0: Hmm. What would you say to someone who would counter that reasoning? And they, have you come across people? Let me ask you that way. Have you come across people say, no, that's not true. I don't have a choice.
1: I have, heard that because I, th- I think I really focus on, you know, we can't control, I don't try to bypass anything and say everybody's life is great.
0: No, yeah, of course
1: not. Um, and I really try to live that out as well that there, you know, no matter what we're facing and the bad times we're facing and the challenges we're facing, that we get to choose how we let that affect us. Mm-hmm. And I think because I have had challenges in my life, it doesn't come across as somebody very Pollyanna who's you know, sitting on a couple million dollars in the bank and never had an ill family member and never dealt with any adversity. I mean, I'm very open about my challenges. I don't focus on them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I'm not, I'm not shy about sharing, sharing what I've gone through either.
0: Would you mind sharing one obstacle or um, change that you had to overcome to have that kind of an attitude or legacy? Oh,
1: absolutely. Well, one where I think it's demonstrated. So i um, a challenge that I've lived that that I made the decision that this was how I was going to show up. And so when I was um, 41, I became pregnant unexpectedly. We already had three children and um, this was not in the plans at all. And so it took us about six weeks to kind of get our brain around okay, we're going to be, um, older parents. And, and, um, my, my older children were not thrilled about this at all. They were very Mm -hmm. happy being a threesome. And so I, you know, my husband and I were just like, this is a gift, this is a Mm -hmm. gift and we will embrace this gift and we will, we will move on from, from this. And it is what it is. Um, and then at, 13 weeks, um, I had a miscarriage. Oh. We're just about the time where everybody's like starting to get excited and yeah. starting, you know, and my, my, you know, I was out of the woods cause I was considered an older parent, uh, parent or mother at that time. And my, my OB had just kind of said, okay, we're good to go. Everything, you know, we're past the first semester or th- first trimester and I had a miscarriage. Oh. And, um, and I was so frustrated and angry and hurt because what I, I just couldn't make sense out of why did why did I have to take this left turn and then take another 180 degree turn to the right? What was mm. the point of it all? Right. Why why did that even happen? And there,
0: that's a question by the way, you were yes, asking that absolutely.
1: why did that happen? A lot absolutely. of people ask that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I didn't always get clear answers to that. Not every question has an answer. But mm. what I did come to was that I could choose how I was gonna respond to this. This could become my whole story where I became somebody who was so broken by that event that I never truly moved on from it. Um, And I've seen people who've done, done that with trauma in their life. And I'm not blaming them in any way, shape or form because everybody responds differently, but I knew that wasn't what I wanted. And so I became determined to show my kids that sometimes horrible things happen in our lives and they are part of our stories, but they're not our whole story. Mm-hmm. And that is our choice to make. Just like going through job loss, which I've gone through, or going through, my mom was diagnosed with, um, with, um, with uh, dementia at a very young age, in her mm-hmm. early 70s. And um, again, that's not going to be my whole story. Um, having to move from one side of the country to the other, pretty much unexpectedly because of some job changes, the loss of, of dear friends due to illness or, you know, all the things that we as humans just that come with being human loss and pain and suffering. And we get to choose, is that our whole story or is that part of our story? And to me, it was not going to be the whole story.
0: Um, I love that. That's such practical wisdom, actually, and counsel, because we don't know what's going to happen uh, tomorrow. We don't know what's happening in the next hour, what news we're going to receive. Uh, It's not like I want to be steeled for the worst news, but I want to be steeled with the truth of God. When you say it's not my whole story, could you describe what, if someone said, well, what is your whole story? What (laughs) What would you say?
1: Well, it's not over yet. (laughs) That would be my answer. It's, (laughs) it's being added to every, every single day. But my theme is one of choosing to find joy, Hmm. choosing to find joy and to stand up and shine no matter what keeps knocking me down. And I'll be honest, the last year, um, for, for everybody has been tough. We also dealt with my husband, um, changing jobs unexpectedly and going through a period where he, he was looking for a job. We went through some house stuff that we had moved out of our house into a new house. And the person who was buying our old house, um, a week before we closed told us he was not going to do that unless we cut the price basically to turn around and move back out. Um, my, one of my children was dealing with some health situation, you know, health, health things, Um, my, one of my best friends from high school passed away. Like it was just thing after thing. And, you know, some mornings it would feel very, very dark. Mm. Very, just the weight on me. And I would look for any spark of joy that I could find, whether it was, you know, hearing the dog, the dogs playing downstairs or hearing the birds or the wind or, I mean, anything. I was looking for anything to hang on to. And when I couldn't find it, I would create it. Because I would say I can go out and use all this stuff that's happening to me as an excuse to be bitter and angry and mean, or I can rise above that and say, despite the fact that all this stuff is happening and all this junk is my my reality right now, I'm still going to be the person who holds the door open. I'm still going to be the person who buys coffee for the person behind me. I'm still going to be the person who is kind, despite it all. How would you uh,
0: differ? are distinguished between what you just said, which is a wonderful pep talk,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but it's true about you. So I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that's wrong. I would love to be that way, but how do you bring God into that?
1: Well, that's where it comes from when I don't ah, have. There you go.
0: That, you answered it. That's where it that's, comes from. Yep. What, what do you mean by that?
1: Because when I can't go on, he, he's there to lift me up and, and keep me going on. Mm-hmm. That to remind me that he is still there that he is the source of my strength i'm not on my own the strength doesn't have to come from me it doesn't have to be me who finds it within myself to do those things i'm not i'm i'm tapped into him you know he's he's the vine well i
0: think some people are built uh, independently from god or they have not known i've never met god yet and they are the kind of person who would just pull up themselves by their bootstraps Mm -hmm. Um, but I think God wants those bootstraps to break on a yeah. regular basis so yeah. that we understand that he is what we need. And I think you found that out through all the Absolutely. different, very, I mean, you listed a bunch of things that happened just this year without, <laughs> without counting politics and the virus. I mean, <laughs>
1: exactly. I mean,
0: I see, maybe you see people on Facebook who are just so down and I thought, you know what? It's hard. I mean, yesterday I was lonely for about five minutes. And then I remembered how the Polish people were, retreated by the Nazis because I was listening to a novel. I go, oh, my life is pretty darn good (laughs) just to compare with someone else who's suffered. Mm -hmm. Um, What has been your favorite question to ask and then to answer on your podcast about God?
1: Oh, about God. Gosh. Um, Or theology. Question to ask and answer. Well, my podcast, the radio show is still pretty new. We're only about, I think I was saying about seven, eight weeks in. But the last show that we just recorded, I actually recorded with my teen daughter. Ooh. And um, it was what do, what do kids need from their moms and what do moms need from their kids? Mm-hmm. And it's from a, you know, the, there's a Christian underpinning to everything I do. So, um, so it's based on, on, on God, of course, as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was a great show. I really enjoyed hearing her talk and, and sh- looking forward to that coming out in a, in a couple of weeks and sharing that with great,
0: people. great.
1: Cause that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. When I hear mm-hmm. her speak so eloquently mm-hmm. um and hear her love of Jesus, that, that fills my heart as a mom. Wow.
0: wow. That's, that's really the best, isn't it? Yeah. Do you have any wisdom that you want to leave with my audience before we close off?
1: Today? Oh, wisdom oh, you've
0: given us tons of
1: just <laughs> that we we choose we're choosing our thoughts every second and we can we have the power to choose thoughts and choose questions that bring us closer to god or that put a stumbling block in our way and it's it's that that process of taking our thoughts captive mm-hmm. and and taming them because given le- leaving them to their own devices is never a good thing so instead to okay. making them a servant of of god mm-hmm. um and that we have the ability to do that it's not easy yeah. and it takes practice
0: it does but, take practice i think it's uh i think you've built a habit for yeah. doing it yes. so that um that's a habit <laughs> that i can recommend to everybody and i don't know if i have it as strongly as you though i am older i should um but to to say, you know, I'm going to choose joy, even though it's just it's uncomfortable. I'm going to choose compassion and love and kindness, even though this person just hurt my feelings, or I haven't gotten enough sleep. Often it's yeah. that.
1: Yeah.
0: And and not reacting to to respond rather than to react.
1: Right.
0: Lane, you have been such a blessing and an encouragement to my listeners today. And I I praise the Lord for you. And I hope everybody signs up for your podcast. Tell us how to Uh, connect with you. Just
1: tell my audience. Yes. So you can find out everything about the show and about what I'm doing and links to everything else at Mm beautifulquestionshow.com. So just beautifulquestionshow.com. And it is a radio show, but it's also released as a podcast. So people can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify, sign up for reminders, Um, got a few other things in the works. And I'd love to see any of your listeners over there. That would be fantastic.
0: It would be fantastic. And thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're
1: always welcome here.